Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today, my guest is the writer and director behind such movies as Escape Plan, The Right, Derailed, and the film Evil, which received an Academy Award nomination for Best Foreign Language Film. It's the filmmaker, Mikhail Halfstrom. He's here to talk about his new Netflix film, Outside the Wire, that stars Anthony Mackie and Damson Idris. This interview was recorded at the beginning of January. Uh, Mikhail, thanks for joining us. And the first question I have is, what is Outside the Wire about? I, I think, you know, what I liked about the script is it, it's really about a lot of things, but uh, I, I never made a film that takes place in the in the future before and this 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 does uh, even if it's you know not 100 years from now more 15 20 years from now so it was you know future around the corner uh, i think that aspect uh, of, of the of the story appealed to me also that it, it's a war movie it's an adventure but it's also a anti-war movie it asks some important questions about you know uh, um, modern warfare and, and and the technology that 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 is now, you know, happening. And I think some of the stuff we see in the film we will see for real in 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 just twenty years time or so. So I think um, all all of those aspects, all of those layers that that the script sort of uh, described made it uh, appealing to me. And and you know if. A fun ride as well, you know, an adventure movie with with uh, with, with some surprising um, twists and turns. I think that's a very fair way of describing it. So, the story takes place in 2035. Now, now over the decades, we've seen uh, the future depicted many different ways in films. Some turn out to be very accurate, while others are ridiculously far off. I'm wondering, how did you land on the future that you show in Outside the Wire? What what kind of work went into that? You know, again, you're right. I mean, we've seen films. We've we've seen films like like if you take uh, you know uh, if you take uh, Blade Runner for instance, uh, by you know the great the great Ridley Scott. You know, that's the film that takes place in a time that we already passed. Can say, well, he was right about some. There was right about some things, and and some things are are, 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 are a bit off. But that doesn't matter. That that you know that's a masterpiece. Uh, anyway, you know when it comes to you know the technology of warfare, we looked at where we are right now. We tried to push it 20, 25, 30 years into the future when it comes to the, to, to to what in the film called the Gumps, which is uh, uh, militaries, um, which is uh, technological soldiers, uh, and so on and so on. But I could also lean on present time, and we could all we can also be retro in to to a degree. I mean, Leo. Anthony Anthony Mackie's character, he's he's riding on an old typewriter and he puts things in filing cabinets, paper, actual papers, because he feels that that's that's the best, most secure way of avoiding, uh, you know, um, hackers uh, from wherever and and so on. So it 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 it, it plays with, the, with with you know with the aspect of 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 the past and the, and the future and, and and our own time. So what I wanted to do was the audience to think more about the you know the character drama and 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 also the the more philosophical aspect of the movie than that this is a, a futuristic um, set piece. 
Yeah, and you talk about the the gump or the gumps, um, which are not related to Forrest Gump or Bubba Gump, but um, are quite fascinating. And what's neat in the film is how tactically they are um, used and sometimes overcome in certain fights. Um, but I wanted to ask, there's also the character of Captain Leo. And we see this in the trailer. And Captain Leo is played by Anthony Mackie. And in the trailer, I don't think I'm going to give anything away. We see his torso and it's transparent. I'm wondering, can you talk a little bit about Captain Leo and what he is or what we think he is? Well, what we what we learn, uh, you know, what we learn is that he's he's a biotechnical prototype. So, in his, in the case of of Leo and what he is, we we, we push the future quite a bit more when and then when it comes to the gums that are besides you know the gums are quite primitive if you want compared to what Leo is. He looks like you and me, though he's uh, though he's uh, he's a man-made creature, if you want, a cyborg. So that's what he is. One of the biggest jobs, obviously, was to try to figure out exactly what he what he looked like, what his interior looked like. And, and, and when we see him in the scene that you refer to, um, and, 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 and a moment that we also can see in the, in the trailer, you know, what, how, I don't know how many versions of that we went through to refine something that was didn't feel you know overdone, but also in visually interesting and something that we haven't seen hopefully in in, in other movies. Yeah, I, I I think you guys successfully did that. And also, what I really liked is because there are some really great action sequences, uh, especially featuring Captain Lego. Um, he's not like a superhero. He's not like flying around or regenerating a helmet out of thin air. But I did want to ask about one. One particular moment, which is, I think, really badass, is Captain Leo's in a fight. He throws a grenade, then jumps high into the air backwards, and as his body moves away from the grenade, he points a gun at the grenade and shoots it. And I rewound that moment and watched it a few times. Where did the idea for that particular action come from, and how did you film it? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, right? It's so cool. (laughs) That's movie magic. Well, you know... um, uh, to be honest, we, we are just you know we that that's that's a big action sequence or several action sequences you talk about there in the in the middle of the film uh, with a lot of parallel action and, and Anthony's character Leo is running around in this bank building and fighting robots. So we we just try to make it you know try to find different ways for him to to uh, uh, to deal with with uh, with 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 this uh, insurgent gumps uh, there is a few that he fights in this scene in that case you know he i want to say also anthony is one is probably the most physically uh, capable actor I, I i i i i ever work with i mean he's 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 just he's so strong and he's he's do most of his stuff himself which is very helpful obviously uh, when when you shoot the scene like that, but in in this case we you know he uh, we use wires uh, that we obviously paint out. I mean he throw himself as you can see in the scene, <laughs> uh, but we have security wires so he you know and and he lands on 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 a on a stunt mat as it's called, and all of these things are painted out uh, um, later by the visual effects team, and uh, but throwing the grenade and then uh, and then. Uh, in that way, I felt like, well, that's uh, that's uh, that's visually exciting and uh, and something we haven't seen in the film before or after. So, obviously, we had um, 
all of this comes from discussions with with the stunt coordinator, and 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 it's it's you know it's it's pre-planned in in every detail when it comes to these kinds of sequences, and just try to make something that looks cool and is cool, and uh, and not repeating ourselves uh, all the time when it comes to to the action moments of the film. Try to make them different, and and uh, and so on. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm I, I was certainly not alone in this. Uh, you know, you need help from from a lot of skilled people to to create a sequence like this. Going back to the philosophy we were talking about, specifically the themes in the film, there are two themes that really resonated for me. And one is the idea of discipline versus breaking the rules, and the other idea is the idea of sacrifice for the greater good. Can you speak about those themes and how you were able to kind of illustrate them in the film? Yeah, I mean that's. You know the starting point. The starting point is is is, is uh, Harp, uh, played by Damson Idris, uh, who is a drone pilot in Nevada. He, for him, war is you know pretty much a a, a video game. Uh, he's, he 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 pilots drones uh, all over the world, and and uh, you know that's that's how he fights. Uh, the starting point is that he. As you say, he breaks the rules. He 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 he, um, uh, he gets in the direct order. He doesn't care. He's doing what he thinks is right in the situation, and a couple of American soldiers die uh, in that moment uh, uh, on the other side of the planet. But he also saves uh, uh, a bunch of other soldiers. So he had to make that very very difficult decisions decision. And and as a consequence of this, he is sent to uh, to to an actual war zone. And and uh, suddenly he is on the ground, something he had never been 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 before. So that's his arc. And then you know uh, his arc is to you know to actually see a war situation for real and learn uh, uh, what the consequences of his actions are. And you know as also we learn uh, uh, from his meeting with Leo, Captain Leo, played by Anthony Mackie. Mac is looking for a guy who can think outside of the box, who can make his own decisions. But Leo have his own agenda, you know, and and his own goals. So it's 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 not just a coincidence that he ends up there. So uh, everybody have their own have their own compass here, and everybody have their own arc and and their, and their own mission in, in a way. But again, you know, the questions, the philosophical questions you you you're referring to is have to do with you know. What what are we do you know what what is the consequences of of of, um, of what we are creating and and again what what is the future of modern warfare and what is you know the, the now when 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 everything becomes more technological and also robot soldiers and so on what, what kind of consequences will that have those are the questions that uh, the film asks to a degree and also AI what will that lead to. Yeah, and uh, going back to uh, Captain Leo and Lieutenant Harp, the relationship between them, um, and I mean this as a compliment, it, it reminded me a bit of the film Training Day. Um, yes. Yeah, quit. and I'm wondering, and, it, and that relationship is really the thrust of the film. How did you find the dynamic for that relationship between when you worked with the actors playing those roles? I was thinking, I, I like Training Day a lot. I think that's a, it's a really, really solid movie and good movie that I've seen many times. And, you know, I spend a lot of time trying to 
find harp i read a lot of actors there was there was again there was nothing in the there was nothing in the script that that said that uh, you know it said something about the color of 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 the skin of any of these characters you know i read um, uh, asian guys and white guys and african american guys for 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 the role of harp uh, for the part of harp and and uh, you know it was it was let the best man win and and i, I I had a Zoom meeting with with Demson, who was uh, who was shooting something somewhere else, and and uh, I just felt that he had you know the charisma and the humor and and uh, and just said the right things, and uh, everybody else agreed, meaning the producers and Anthony, and and I, I was I, I felt I was so lucky to to finding Demson, and uh, I think he and and uh, Anthony really clicked. It was a you know. Little bit like a father-son relationship, you know. You can see it in the film. I think personally, you know, and 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 uh, and I hope you can see that they were really getting along and that they were um, supporting each other. Uh, uh, they're both very extremely professional, intelligent actors, and and with with with, with a lot of humor. I mean, you know, we laughed a lot, and that's really important. <laughs> Uh, uh, it, it's hard work making a movie. It was a lot of fun. Now, as we're recording this, the U.S. government is wrestling with ways to remove Donald Trump from office. I promise this won't be political. But uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi cited fears of Trump's access to nuclear weapons as one of her motivations. And in the world in the film of Outside the Wire in 2000 or 2035 is depicted where nukes remain both a threat and a deterrent. And I'm curious, what do you think of the um, the timing or the maybe the relevance of the fact that nuclear weapons are kind of in the forefront of our mind in right now in our, in our real world, but also how they play a factor in in the film as well? Yeah, it is. It is a coincidence, as you say. I mean, you know, nuclear weapons, nukes are obviously uh, is also symbolizing something. You know, destruction to a degree that we that we that we that creates or for all obvious and right reasons. You know, the biggest fear uh, uh, we can imagine, and that's been that's been going through the you know the modern 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 history. You know, from the Cuba crisis and 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 so on and so on. And also, you know, in so many movies, you know, nukes floating around and somebody getting the uh, get, getting their hands on a terrorist with dirty bombs and so on. That that's very much part of modern history, uh, and also obviously modern political history. And and and, and again, yes, uh, the president, as we as we have learned in, in in many ways, also in popular culture, have you know the code, you know the code to the to the new exactly what that means. I mean that's. We, we don't really know, but just... <laughs> we don't really know now. <laughs> That's probably good that we don't really know. No, it doesn't sound good. It's more, I hope it's more it's, it's more complicated than that, and I'm sure it is uh, to a degree. But yeah, but uh, there is there is a parallel to, to, to the storyline in our movie, obviously, when it comes to nukes and, and when it comes to the history of of nukes uh, in Europe. But I also want to point out that this is this is a fiction. And uh, <laughs> it, it is it is a fictional story about, you know, a scenario that, that may not be completely implausible uh, in, in somewhere in the future, but it, it, it just takes aspect of, of what we know and and um, and, and, uh, and, and creates, cr- uh, creates a fictional story. 
Yeah, and I think I think what is so compelling too is the fact that again we live with these weapons underground all around the world right yes. now. I mean, the fact that someone and metaphorically could have control of those weapons um, mm. easily and maybe even at a whim is kind of what is scary because what we do see in movies is that if one of those things goes off, quote unquote, all of them do. So I, I just think that is um, a nice reminder in a way, but an unexpected yeah. in the film as well. No, exactly. But it takes that fear and it plays with that fear, obviously, and then that knowledge uh, and and the, the sort of uh, and the urban myth, if you want, also about you know <laughs> about you know nukes and and uh, where they are and where they could be and and how they could be you know floating around and and so on and so on, uh, especially since you know since the since the Eastern Bloc fell apart. And, and 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 so on and so on uh you know it, it's it's been a lot of but that's been taken up by popular culture you know in different ways and, and we have our own sort of version of that but um no you're absolutely right it, it's uh, that that's an aspect of the movie for sure the name of our podcast is called i'm so obsessed and I wonder, what is your current obsession? Uh, my current obsession is, is uh, uh, food. Because, you know, uh, during this corona crisis, uh, you know, what do we do? We can't meet friends as we uh, used to. And um, we can't go to cinemas. I'm here in Stockholm. All the museums are closed. All the cinemas are closed. But the restaurants are actually open. So that's something you can do. That's something you can do together with with another person if you have another person and uh, and experiment and learn and uh, that's that's uh, uh, just finding new um, new ways to to entertain yourself uh, with food you know it's it's been challenging time for all of us and you you uh, you you find yourself living kind of a very different life right now than you're used to uh, i think uh, it also leads to good things you know Going back to reading books, or again making food, or or, or think about things that you didn't have time to think about before. Hopefully, you know that, that that that's the positive things we can take with us when this situation hopefully changes soon, so we can go out and hang out and have drinks and go to cinema again. I I agree with all that. I love the poetic way you describe food, and it's weird because food is a very personal thing. I know in the U.S. Um, early in the pandemic. It was very popular for people to be making sourdough bread from scratch, and people kind of love doing that, right? Is there any particular food that you really got into that um, might people might be surprised by, or foods that you're like, uh, I'm not a great cooker, but I'm a great baker? Actually, I, you know, if you're going to talk about food, but I try to avoid bread as much as possible. You know, uh, uh, do I like bread? But but. Uh, so it's it's I try to experiment with different things really you know vuk I've, I've been I've been you know a lot of vuk vuk is a great is a great tool you can put anything in a vuk and it it, it, it really it becomes you know a, a, a nice dish if you don't completely f it up but but uh, <laughs> you can have fish you can have chicken you can have shrimps you can make so many different things and you can surprise yourself there you can actually believe that you are a really you know qualified chef and um, or truffle. Truffle is my one of my obsessions uh, also right now. White truffle, black truffle, truffle pasta, truffle in anything. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I bought some really nice truffle 
crisps the other day. Uh, that was actually, you know, it really, they really surprised me. So, you know, again, we can, we can, <laughs> we can philosophize about this the whole night, but I, I think, uh, you know, that, that's, um, that's a joy. That's a joy in life. I did not intend to talk to you about this much about food. So let's go on. I want to talk about early in your career was the film Evil. It was nominated and won many awards, including being nominated for an Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. How did receiving such recognition change you, the way you approach film work or your career? Uh, it just it, it gave me the opportunity to work um uh internationally uh, i think that was the the, the, the biggest effect of the of the you know of the of the success that 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 we had with with evil i always had a secret ambition to come out in the world and you know i i i really had this fascination for for you know hollywood in the 70s and i you know i, I had this obsession about you know that and and I, I was really a big fan of, of a lot of those movies and directors that came out from that era, but um, you know that's something you can be or have, but it's very hard to 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 actually make it happen. But Evil made that happen, so I just approach it as a big adventure. So you know when Evil, when Evil had this success, I just went out in the world and starting to you know make movies uh, in America and and uh, and. Um, work with new people, new actors. And then I, you know, a couple of years ago, I went back to Scandinavia and I made a TV show and I made another feature, my first Swedish language feature, The Perfect Patient, uh, that I made just before um, uh, uh, Outside the Wire came along. So, you know, it, it just makes the, the arena bigger, which is great. And now when the world also is smaller. I mean, you know, Scandinavian films and, and TV shows have been very successful in the last 10, 15. It's a very different world in this business uh, since I left Sweden 15 years ago or so. A lot of things have changed. And also, you know, the Amer uh, Americans' interest for Scandinavian stuff. Uh, and also there is much more, there is much more energy and money and, and, uh, and, and, and so on in, in, in Scandinavian TV and, and film than it was 10, 15 years ago. And we, our, our stuff has been shown thanks to Netflix and others also all over the world, you know, and, and people can watch, read subtitles and so on. So, so, uh, you know, it, it, it all changed a lot. Well, and you've had a quite, uh, diverse career and worked with a lot of different people. Particularly, I want to talk about one film. In 2013, you made the film Escape Plan with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Obviously, <laughs> in the 90s, uh, they famously had a bit of a rivalry. I mean, what was it like working with these kind of Let, superstar action stars? I met Sly. Uh, I met Sly before we were talking about some part that never happened. And he, he, he contacted me about the Escape Plan. Uh, and as and and because you remember our meeting and you know we talked about it and I I really I always wanted to make a, a breaking out of prison movie that I really like that genre if if it is a genre I guess it is you know so uh, we say okay let's let's uh, let's try to do this and then suddenly we were contacted by Arnold who had read the script it's been floating around a couple of years. I read the script and said I want to make I want to be in this movie as well and, so, and suddenly I was. I was standing there with with with, with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, two of the most like iconic actors from my you know upbringing and you know guys I've seen since I was a you know young teenager in Sweden. It was kind of amazing, 
And I said, I can't. <laughs> I have to do this. I really have to do this. And I think it was a good thing that we're both in the movie because they were sort of competing of being the you know the nicest guy on set. So, <laughs> but you know they were older and they sort of that sort of rivalry had passed. And now they were you know they were old friends and and uh, you know they were great. They were sitting on set smoking cigars telling war stories you know and and uh, and just had a good time and and they were it was a very unnevrotic shoot in that way you know it was they were they were very professional and very respectful to me as a director and and uh, everything i could ask for so it that that, that was a really fun shoot and I, you know i liked so you've done a mix of book slash short story adaptations kind of like Stephen King's 1408 but you've also done original screenplays does one kind of film appeal to you more than the other? You know, in Sweden, I started out as a writer. I wrote a lot of stuff for for, for Swedish television. And I wrote or co-wrote, you know, most of the stuff I've done here, like Evil and so on. And But so I I, I am a writer, which is a good thing to be because, you know, with the American projects, I've always been developing, you know, the projects with the writer or writers, you know, like 1408 and so on. And I think, you know, my writing skill comes in handy in those situations because you know i'm good at it and i can work with writers and obviously when i work with american language films i need an american or english uh, uh writer for language wise but but uh, so so i enjoy that process and and that's something I, I i always done so no it doesn't really matter what the project comes from Okay, so we like to end our podcast with a thing called Pick One. I give you a couple of options, and you pick one of them. Okay, so the first thing I have is film or digital? Digital. How come? I mean, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's where we are right now, and that's I'm 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 trying to. Obviously, the right answer would be film in many ways to to be like you know, politically correct. But also, I'm trying now to 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 respect the fact that 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 the world is going digital, and you know, I made a lot of things on film and and absolutely fine. The last the last the, the, the last couple of films like uh, uh, has been digital, and you know, it's also instead of instead of instead of um, uh, putting that down, I want to learn. I want to learn as much as I can about that technology and and, 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 uh, and to get the best positive result. If somebody offered me to do a film on film and or the circumstances were right for that, that's absolutely fine. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm into learning uh, as much as, as possible, I possibly can about the digital technology. Okay, next one I have is Captain Leo or the Terminator, specifically T-800 as portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> to my two buddies. Uh, well, in this right now, I have to say Captain Leo. I, I've, I've been uh, wrestling with, with. I just recently watched the first Terminator, like maybe a couple months ago, and I was just wrestling with it, like the idea. I mean, which is still such an iconic character, but Captain Leo, the way, yeah, some of the things he's able to do. Again, it's not superhero-y, but it's so. It would be a very interesting um, video game fight. So, pick one: Blade Runner or two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Uh... For me personally, uh, Blade Runner. Uh, I think Blade Runner is one of the films that really, you know, when I in, when it came out and and through the years had had it's been a very important film to me in many ways. Like some films are, doesn't mean two thousand one is not an important film. 
in for me or in film history, as we know. But but uh, just personally, Blade Runner has has, has, has has have a special place in my in my in my in my life. All right, last one I have is action or horror. Uh, um, well, uh, it's a different. You're talking about- yeah. I, I think more horror than maybe because I, you know, I never saw myself as a. I, I, I really, I really enjoy doing action scene sequences. It's fun, and to to figure out to do you know things that are you know uh, have a special touch or things that are kind of you know you, everything has been done and you know there is action everywhere and big budget action movies and you can't really compete with that you try to you know and we were certainly not big budget in in in, in outside the wire but we just tried to you know to, to to use our you know our talents and the money the best uh, the, the best way we can horror can be a lot of things obviously horror can have a lot of layers horror can be it can be a psychological horror it can be can be halloween it can be um different things and uh, I, I i have tried to investigate that 1408 is that a horror movie i don't know is it psychological drama maybe i mean you know it just have a lot of just have a lot of layers you know but uh, uh so i say horror then if i if you force me to say one thing i want to thank mikhail for chatting with me and i want to thank you for listening You can watch Outside the Wire on Netflix. Also, please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.